Hello and welcome back to the ACSC podcast. Thank you so much for the support. I just want to say a big shout out to people on our Instagram. We've just hit 200 followers, which is huge progress for us. And it's it's great to see a lot of people interacting with us. And that's what we want a lot more to come in the future. So obviously this is episode six. It's flying by how quick we're getting there. And I think I'm just going to pass over to my co-host Adil. He has a few things to say as well. Yep. Hello again, guys. Yeah, so episode six now. So obviously the last two we recorded was away from football. Um, I think today's topic and potentially the next episode's topic will be back uh, focusing on what we love most, which is football. Um, and yeah, again, a th- quick thank you from me as well. I mean, obviously, Charles just mentioned as well, uh, Insta followers. I know 200 to some might not be a lot, but for us, it's really good, steady progress. And, you know, we're overwhelmed with the support. Uh, we've had comments and feedback as well from everyone to say, you know, how good we're doing and what we can improve on. And that all that is much appreciated. And all of that you'd hopefully see implemented in our future um, episodes. I believe today we've obviously got the, um, like I say, it's all going to be about football. Um, and I'll just let Charles start off on the first topic we've got today. Yeah, just to quickly touch on a little bit before I get into it. So just to see, yesterday, this is filming Wednesday. On Tuesday, we've done an Instagram Live. And that's going to be a new weekly yes. feature we're going to do. It's a bit more informal just get to see really you can actually get to see what we're like in person our general chats we have and you get to see us the voices behind the uh podcast a bit more so if you guys join us over there that's where you'll get to see a bit more informal side of us uh but yeah on to today's topic the first one we got is obviously Messi and Ronaldo the biggest topic you can discuss in world football now I think it's mm-hmm. been there for yeah. years uh and are they under the decline as such yeah, I mean, again, yeah, sorry, Charles, I'll just quickly go back on that as well. Yeah, so obviously, like you were saying, the Insta Live thing, which is going to be, like you said, weekly. Yesterday, we've done a bit about, obviously, at the moment, we've got Bundesliga. So that's kind of what we're uh, focusing on, Charles, isn't it, at the moment? Um, yeah. And then we'll have we'll have different plans going for the future, um, but we'll try and do that on a weekly basis. We're not quite set on a day. We'll try and do it on predominantly a Monday, but it could be a Tuesday or even a Wednesday that we do it. Um, so on that, like like Charles said, just keep out on that, and we'll be a bit more informal. Um, but yeah, Messi, Ronaldo, like you said, the uh, the very big two in world football potentially ever. Are they on the decline? It is a a, a question where many are asking now. Cristiano Ronaldo, who's now thirty five, um, and Lionel Messi is thirty two, um, and the question is, well, and thirty three turning next month actually. Yeah. So yeah, they are yeah. in the latter stages of their career now. Um, but interesting to say the least. Would you say their performances and how they're performing right now, are they playing like a players that are under decline or what would you say? Personally, I would say, I think the big mm. problem is, is the fact that we're yeah. so used to seeing these two doing yeah. unbelievable things in football. Like, I've just got some stats like the best seasons compared to both of them. So I think everyone yeah. knows Messi's best season when he broke Gerbmüller's record. That season alone mm. in 2011 and 12, 60 appearances, 73 goals and 29 assists. Them stats are just phenomenal records. And obviously, Ronaldo was very close with, in 2014 season, 54 appearances, mm-hmm. 61 goals and 21 assists. I think the problem them two have created for themselves is they're producing figures like that that people seem to think they have to hit them every season. This season alone, Messi scored 24 goals and 16 assists in 31 games. If that was yeah. a player like Salah, etc., you'll be saying player of the year. Yet, yeah, yeah. everyone's now saying Messi are... Oh, he's on a decline I don't think they are I think that's half the problem I think like you said there as well touched on as well when Messi hit those ridiculous numbers back in was it 2012 you said he hit them 2011-2012 season that was his phenomenal year exactly and obviously that's when you look at it you think about it that's probably Messi in his 
peak or just coming into his peak. And again, with Ronaldo, the year in the 14, where he probably hit his peak as well. Now, interesting to say as well, you're right. You know, they've performed at such a level every season. It's almost expected of them to do it all every year. And and fair, rightly so to both of them, they do perform like that almost every year. Like you said, this year, I mean, Lionel Messi has got 40 goals and assists yeah. in 31 appearances so far this it's... season. <laughs> Christian, yeah. And Cristiano Ronaldo's got 29 goals and appearances in 32 games this season. Now, yeah. I'll just touch on them quickly as well. Last season, Cristiano Ronaldo, in 43 games, he had 38 goals and assists. Yeah, yeah. And Lionel Messi, in 50 games, had 73 goals and assists. And, and more importantly, he had 51 goals last year. So, there isn't. if you look at that's just gone, the season just gone. Now, that's when Ronaldo's 34 and Messi's obviously 31. Um, and then this year, obviously, like I said, the numbers that you know, it's almost like every go- game they've played, they've they've almost hit the same goals. In they the always are there before. Yeah, it's... that's what I'm saying. So I don't see, I don't see them. I, I don't see like obviously they are fatiguing earlier in the games. I mean, you know, Lionel Messi in the last 20 minutes, you know, you can see he's fatigued a little bit. I think the big, big thing as well with yeah. Messi is you see a lot mm-hmm. of games he gets rested for some of them games that are not as important mm-hmm. now. And I yeah. think that's, that shows the fatigue side of things. I think is there, but that's expected. They're getting on. They're not these young 20 in their prime as no, such anymore. But you cannot take away the fact the impact them two can have on a game. If you watch a game, either Barcelona or Juventus now, you mm. always expect still out of anywhere in a minute a game that one of them can produce a piece of magic because you know they can. Yeah, exactly. Again, completely agree with that. I think the thing is on that as well is if you look at Lionel Messi, I think it's interesting to say, and probably right in saying, that he's playing a, a bit more deeper than he always has done. Yeah, yeah he's more of a yeah. centre-forward uh, camp type. Yeah he's, almost like, he's, yeah, he's almost like a number 10, a bit of a box, yeah. not a box-to-box, but a bit of a, like a, you know, he's almost like the creating the play now, which he's done for a few seasons now. I think he's but, dropped you know, back deeper to get more of the ball, because he's better with exactly, the ball at his feet. Yeah. Obviously, of course, and we know that for, he's always been like that. So you can see that Cristiano Ronaldo, who's got more of a, a striker now, and more of a number 9 rather than play on the wings, and obviously, he's still, you know, having a massive impact playing yeah, yeah. So they are adapting their situations. But like you said, any other player in the world, either it's Mo Salah or Neymar or anyone who's, you know, you say he's third and fourth and fifth best players in the world, or Mbappe, who we'll probably touch on in a late, little later as well. If they have these numbers, you would sit there and go, yeah, yeah, you're right, shoe in for the year and, you know, they should be what a year they're having. So Messi and Ronaldo have hit, set the benchmark. They are, it is right in saying they have had their best years past them. And whilst we, and I think there's a lot of, um, you know, Cristiano Ronaldo, that's Lionel Messi, and, you know, those debates you get, and you've had them for years now. What we must do as football fans is appreciate them whilst they're still around. Because let's be honest, Cristiano Ronaldo and Lionel Messi in two, three years' time yeah, yeah. might not even be around, let alone, you know, coming down to the last years of their football career. They'll probably be potentially retiring. So rather than comparing the two and having the rivalry, it might be nice now to fully appreciate them whilst we've still got them, who I think are two of the best players ever and maybe in the top two best players ever I think like you say now I think I've had the honour of seeing both of them play live and that is yeah. something I would always appreciate and I think the thing is seeing the best players I'm not saying that ever I think growing up I've, I was always more of a Messi fan that's just personal opinion yeah. watching the way I he plays yeah. so you can have that debate but I've always appreciated what Ronaldo can do I think personally my personal opinion if you're going by athletic standards Ronaldo is better He's probably the best mm-hmm. athlete I, I football agree. in yep. football's ever seen. Whereas if you're talking pure football ability, 
I don't think anyone can come close to what Messi's done. Arguably Maradona them type Pele, but when you watch the way Messi has that ball at his feet, no one can replicate what he does. The way he yeah, glides past five, yeah. six players effortlessly. And I, just a thing I saw here, obviously this is total stats compared to when they were both playing in Spain. Over their period, they scored 922 goals between them. That is absolutely phenomenal. <laughs> it's, that is, I mean, if you look at those stats, that's like, I, I mean, it's breathless, isn't it? It really is. And I think that's the thing is, I don't think people appreciate how lucky as a generation yeah. we are as football fans that we've seen arguably the two best players play at the same time and push each other to these standards. Exactly that. And I think you're, you're, you're spot on in saying that. I mean, I've as well, like yourself, I think even back in the school days, we know we used to appreciate, we used to talk about Messi a lot more. And I know, Charles, you are a fanatic for Messi. Um, <laughs> I think I was more of a, obviously, I, I, I appreciate Messi and I always thought he was a slightly better of the two. But obviously, when we back in the school days, you're younger. Obviously, I'm a Liverpool fan and Cristiano Ronaldo played for Manchester United. So yeah. it's almost like me, like, so from my point of view, I was like, oh, well, I don't think Ronaldo was that good and all that. But now over the years, obviously, I've matured and gotten older and appreciated football. Cristiano Ronaldo is a player that I have so much uh, admiration for. I mean, I saw a stat, I think it was last season or the year before, where he managed to generate, uh, when he leaped, he can leap as high as an NBA player. Yeah, it is. Um, which, I was saying the athleticism-wise of him, that he's <laughs> phenomenal. And the amount of training you see, like I don't know if you've seen the Ronaldo documentary on Netflix. Uh, yeah, his, yeah, I have, yeah. His, his, he lives and breathes football. There's not. That's I think, what I'm saying, yeah. I mean, and I think them two, I think Messi is the exact same. You don't reach the standards them two have got without dedicating your whole life to football. Yeah, I agree on that. I think, like you said, they've, they've all, what it is you always notice about world-class generational talents, not just in football, in any sports, you know, you've got the Michael Jordans and Tiger Woods in different sports. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. yeah and, and obviously Messi and Ronaldo. It's like they find an extra gear where, you know, right now in world football, Mo Salah, Virgil van Dijk, um, you know, uh, Kevin De Bruyne, they're world class and you can't argue that. No. But what Messi and Ronaldo have is they've, they've got another bracket which is above world class and it's just them two sitting in it. And I feel like those the players I just mentioned then, they'll never be able to hit, go into that bracket. The only person that, I mean, we'll get go on to, might potentially, in my opinion, is maybe Kylian Mbappe. Um, but like I say, they're, they're certainly not Cristiano Ronaldo and Lionel Messi. And I don't see, personally, in the next 15, 20 years, and I could be completely wrong and I'd love to be wrong, I don't see a player. I can't see the next Messi, and if there is, I, I haven't seen him yet. But this is a big argument which I don't like within football, and the stereotype is: mm. why does a player have to be the next Messi, the next Ronaldo, the next Maradona, the next Özil? Yeah. Let that player be him. Don't stereotype them instantly within this bracket. I get they can live up to yeah, it. Like with right. Mbappe, I think like you're saying there, I, I agree with what you're saying. Where Ronaldo, Messi are on this pedestal that is above everyone, but I think. Mm-hmm. Why can't Mbappe have his own pedestal? Like, to me, mm. looking away, yeah. we'll talk more, but we can link this in now as obviously we've got three players we think that could become generational talents. And I think the word generational is a word that gets overused with so many players coming up who oh, has yeah. five good games. Oh, they're the next best thing. I think there's three players we've pinpointed together that I think could become generational. And we'll start with Mbappe. I think Mbappe, yeah. at his age, there's no player has ever done what he's done. Not even Messi and Ronaldo were that good, I think, at his age. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. I think if you look at that as well, I'll go back to what you just said earlier. You said, um, why do you need to find the next Messi? Come to think of it, actually, you've made a very good point there. 
because you're right. Because straight away, if we say, where's the next Messi? Where's the next Ronaldo? If you pinpoint Mbappe and say, all right, you've got to be the next Ronaldo, you're putting pressure on a 21-year-old right now who's like, okay, oh God, I've got to now become Cristiano Ronaldo. And he's, you know, it puts that added pressure, which is not needed. Let the player develop himself. Let Let him be him. Yeah, let him be Kylian Mbappe of France rather than, you know, Cristiano Ronaldo. It's, I don't get this whole need to become the next person. The amount of players, and I think this is an idea we've got a podcast coming up soon, is the amount of players that have been hyped up to become the next person and they've never lived up to that potential. Like one name, Boyan, who was at Barcelona, was literally linked to become the next Messi. And Mm -hmm. he never lived up to that. And look at him, he went to Stoke and was in a show. Like, don't build a player because it can ruin their careers. Yeah, exactly that. And I think just what you just touched on Mbappe again as well. I think even at the moment, he's obviously got 117 appearances in the French League. Obviously, this is Monaco and now PSG. And he's got 115 goals and assists. He's a World Cup winner at 21. <laughs> and I definitely see him winning. I'll just run through a couple of stats, actually, Charles. Yeah, go for it. I've got so some as well. 20, yeah, so in 2017, he's the winner of the Golden Boy Award. In 2018, he's the winner of the Copper Trophy Award. In 2018, again, he, he's the winner of the FIFA World Cup Best Young Player. In 2018, and this is the interesting one, 2018, France won the World Cup. He won French Player of the Year. Now, that France team, when they won the World Cup, let's be honest, I'll be honest, in the last, well, since I've been around, I've not seen a World Cup squad, maybe apart from that Spain side in 2010, that had so many unbelievable players in that starting eleven. And for a 20, or how old was he in 2018? He would have been... What, 18 or 19? 18, 19, yeah. Probably about 19, 18, yeah. There you go. And he won the French Player of the Year award. Not young, the French Player of the Year. Now, obviously, he won the... He's the winner of the Young Player of the Year in League and for the last... Well, last three years. And I think he's going to win the Player of the Year this year. Um, So, you know... Did he not win it last year as well? The Player of the Year? Yeah, 2018, 19. Yeah, he did. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. But that's what I'm saying. And I feel like, even when Neymar's obviously had his injuries, I don't see another player even... In the French league, and I'm just top of my head, Jonathan Iconi, he's had a good season. Obviously, Nicolas Pepe was there last year. He's not really got competition for that um, award again. He's going to walk it. But the interesting thing about Mbappe, and I think we both agree, and we've spoken about this before already, is does he have to leave France? In my opinion, yes. But the problem is with this mm-hmm. whole, even with the COVID situation, I just don't think, I don't think any club can afford to get him out of PSG. PSG are going to be talking to 300 million. And I don't think he's got too long left on his contract. So I think the only way he's really going to get out of there is let his contract run down and leave on a pre. Uh, yeah. But I, I like think I said, what I noticed as well. Go on. Go on. I was just gonna, I've got some stats as well, just like, like you're saying. This season, 20 appearances in the league, 18 goals and five assists. Last season, he scored 33 goals in the league. It's 70 dribbles past players this season. He's got a 55.7% shots on target this season. Yeah, that's unbelievable. He, he averages two point nine one shots on target per game, which is the highest in the league. I don't think there's like you're saying generational talent. I think he's the obvious standout player. Easily, easily. Growing I think again, up, on Mbappe. Oh, oh, sorry, yeah, go, what I'm saying is, yeah, I don't think like he's very similar to a Thierry Henry type player. Yeah, very similar, and it's it's so exciting to see the way he plays. I think Thierry Henry, again, obviously you're an Arsenal fan, so the love for Henry is probably ridiculous. Um, I'm going to sit here and put my head in the, you know, put my head out there and say, I personally think Kylian Mbappe can go further. And I think he can be more, again, I don't want to put that pressure on and say he's the next Henry. I'm not saying that at all. 
But what I'm saying is he could be more successful than Thierry Henry and, you know, be more of a all-round complete player. I guess, again, on Mbappe as well, um, he, he's, like you said, he's, he's won the World Cup at 21 now. Um, he, again, like you said about the game, leaving PSG, next season, he'll have one year left on his contract. Yeah. So if PSG yeah. want to sell him then, he might come down to about maybe 150 or something like that, something which is obviously less than his value. Because if he doesn't sign a new contract, PSG would end up losing for nothing the year after. So potentially there is a window next summer where we could see Kylian Mbappe leave um, because of he'll have a year left on his contract. So that's something to look out for. I think Real Madrid is the obvious. obvious um, but I, personally, um, I don't see he, how he would fit into Real Madrid. I really don't. Oh, interesting. Okay, that's fair enough. I I personally see him as the long-term carrying Benzema replacement. But I don't know, because he obviously Benzema is an out-and-out striker. Mm. Mbappe can play wing striker. He's very quick. He's to versatile, me, yeah. I would love to see him in the Premier League. Love to see him. And I think yeah. a club like Man City, I think he would be the long-term successor to Sergio Aguero. Yeah. I mm-hmm. think that's the type... With Could you imagine... Kevin De Bruyne playing him in. I mean, I don't want to imagine. It. I, don't want to imagine it. Um, <laughs> like, I don't. don't know. <laughs> I mean, Liverpool fan, being myself, if you, you telling me that, I feel I don't know how many goals and assists between them two there would be. It's quite frightening, really. Um, I'd like to more think of him being an Arthur three. I know it's less unlikely, but I'm trying to imagine Mane, Salah, or Firmino playing with him. That's yeah, what I'm yeah. trying to imagine right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, yeah. It's... It would, it would be I'd love to see him again. You're right. I'd love to see him in the Prem. Um, I do. I feel like again, if you're saying he probably won't, is he the right fit for Madrid? But I think his heart almost is set on. Real I think it is. Obviously, uh, I, yeah. I can't say. I'd love, but I'd, but I just don't see how it would work. I don't. Yeah. I just I don't think he's the right fit. Obviously, mm. that's just my personal opinion. That side of things. So yeah. we can move on to the second of our players we've picked, which is yeah. Kai Havertz from Bayer Leverkusen. Mm. Uh, it's an right, interesting I one. Have it. This is the one I think it's very debatable. He's not the obvious choice, but obviously he's been hyped up a lot recently since the Bundesliga comeback. He's playing phenomenal uh, recently, but he's a player that stood out for me uh, this season alone. 25 appearances, 10 goals and 5 assists. He's got 52 draws form, uh, drawn, sorry, and he's dribbled past 59 players. He's probably not the stand-up one, but for German generational players... He's a very interesting player. He can play that number 10 role, but he can also play up front mm-hmm. as a centre-forward type role. That's exactly what I was quite interested in as well, because obviously I've been watching, as well as probably you and many of our viewers as well, and listeners, sorry, is that if you've seen since the restart as well, and I'm not basing it off two games, I have watched Kai no, no. plenty yeah, of times yeah. that, but since the restart, he's been the most exceptional player in the Bundesliga so far with four goals, uh, two apiece in both the games, uh, albeit it was a penalty in one of them. Um, last, like you said, he's got 25 uh, goals and assists this season alone. And last year is when we started to... Because what is interesting as well, we don't want to base a player and say they're generational by just one team. No, no. Because I'm pretty sure, did he not get 17 yeah. goals in a league last season? Last season, he got 17 league yeah. goals and he yeah. got four assists. So he got 21 goals and assists last season. So that was already a benchmark to see, OK, is this a player that can now push on? And obviously this year he has pushed on. So obviously when we picked our three generational talents, who we picked is Mbappe, Havertz, and then we will talk about the other player, who's probably an obvious one, but we'll get on to him in a second. We've picked these players because they haven't done it in one year. They've done it over a year, second year or a third year. And we can see that progress already being made. Like Havertz, for example, 
like we said, 21 goals and assists last season. And already this season, he's got 25 and the season's not even completed. So that's already a progress made. Mbappe, is, his numbers are always better as they're going up. And, and again, with Havertz, I think it is expected for him to join Bayern Munich. Um, I don't see... Well, I think that's going to be... Is that strong link? Because well, I know Liverpool, yourself, you've been linked with him recently. We, ha- we have been linked with him. I think we've been linked with him due to, obviously, Jürgen Klopp being German. Um, but again, Bayern Munich, I believe, um, obviously, Rafa Horning said this as well, um, and also in Bild as well, the German, the, um, in the reports in Germany, yeah. saying that his heart is set on Bayern Munich. Bayern Munich feel like they can get him, um, and he's going to be the long-term... Well, him and potentially Leroy Sané of Manchester City are the, what they want to build around, if you like. Um, so I think I have a, I'd like to see him move to a, a, a bigger club and start being, well, doing what he's doing. Where would you I play, love watching him play in the Bayern Munich? Okay, I'll be honest. Right. I would play him as a long... Well, it depends, because Lewandowski... Is, what's Lewandowski now? 30, uh, Yeah, I would have said about 32, I would have said. Might be right, younger than that. I'd... He might be. Okay, so let's say let's say for argument's sake he's younger than that, and Lewandowski keeps a number nine role. Yeah. I'd have if they get Leroy Sané on the left wing, I'd have Serge Gnabry on the right wing, and I'd have Kai Havertz in the number ten. Yeah, it's the obvious easiest choice. But I see, like that by yeah, uh, just saying at the moment is that by Munich team already is frightening. The amount of young talent they've got coming up. Mm-hmm. I think with Kai Havertz mm-hmm. in exactly. as well, there'll be a team to watch in the Champions League for the next few seasons easily. I for me, I think I I don't know if I mentioned it in the previous podcast. I probably haven't. I I have them for the favourites for the Champions League this season. If he obviously completes, um, I the way I watched them this season, they've been absolutely brilliant. Obviously, yesterday they beat by uh, Borussia Dortmund one nil. Um, it could have been more, but then again, Dortmund had their chances as well. But Bayern looks so good right now. I think that was the me, first they're, game, they're my... like just showing that them keeping a clean sheet against Dortmund at home. I think that's thirty eight games Dortmund went without yeah. scoring a goal at home. So oh done really? Some... Yeah, I think it was thirty eight games they went. It's the oh, first wow, time. That's an amazing. Well, there you go. That just shows Bayern Munich can defend as well, um, and I think they are probably my favourites. Should we uh, move on to our third yes. and last? Yes. So our third and final was the. A lot of people say is the English golden boy now, uh, Jaden Sancho yes. or Borussia Dortmund. Uh, Correct. Such an exciting player to watch, and I think he's going to become such a key player for England going forward, and hopefully. I hope can fire us to some success at last, which would be nice as an English fan to end. Yes, it will be this yeah. long, long wait for a trophy. But this season, twenty-six appearances, fourteen goals, and sixteen assists. This season alone, he averages zero point six seven goals per ninety, and he's averaging zero point seven six assists per ninety minutes. And he's dribbled past the most players at eighty in the Bundesliga this season. He's wow. Uh, I don't. He's kicked on even this year, and I think the big thing was obviously making that massive step leaving Man City at that age to go to Borussia Dortmund. And I think everyone knew there was going to be something special when they gave him a number seven shirt when he first signed. Yeah, who well, Borussia Dortmund gave him the number seven shirt. Yes, saying. they gave him the number seven shirt when he first joined them. Yeah, exactly. And that was a 17, 18-year-old Jadon Sancho. Um, so obviously, um, Borussia Dortmund saw something straight away in him. I think, I believe, am I right in saying they lost Usman Dembele and then replaced him basically with Yes, because Usman Dembele was yeah. the number seven, I believe. And they then, yeah, and he, as they sold him for was it 135 million to Barcelona? It was, it was yeah, it was Something around like there. That. Uh, and and then obviously everyone thought, right, who are they going to replace him with? And then they went with Jane Sancho. And at that time, he was, I think he was quite well known within England. I won't say well known, but he was. People who yeah. followed the football knew this kid was special and knew he yeah, was going to exactly become right. something good. 
Uh, and he obviously made that choice, which not a lot of English players do, leaving England, going to a foreign country, went to Germany and instantly made an impact. And he's just following up year by year. And now obviously this season, is I think he's only second to Thomas Muller behind assists this year. Yeah, I think, like you said earlier as well, I've got a stat, obviously, he's actually got in all competitions, he's got 37 goals and assists in 38 games in all competitions. He's got 20 assists and 17 goals. That is a phenomenal like goals and assists re- record so far this season. You've got to remember, he's only 20. And last season, he had 32 goals and assists yeah. in 43 games. So the signs were already there. So this is a player that, whoa, that's incredible stats. And this year he's pushed on and he's done the same thing and become even better. Like, like we said as well. I think he's he, the he's um, a- top scorer for Dortmund this season. Well, he's got 17 goals. So obviously, Haaland might catch up with him. And he's only, he only oh, well, yeah, obviously. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But... yeah, I think Haaland's got like 10 or 11 already. But I think you're right. He is top scorer for, uh, for Borussia Dortmund this season. Uh, Sancho as well. Um, he, like you said, at the age of 17, took the leap from Man City to Germany, come to Germany, a big decision. But what he's done is he's actually set the benchmark. We've had Nat Phillips from Liverpool go from Liverpool to Stuttgart on loan. We've had Reese Nelson. Who's obviously gone to went to Hoffenheim? Was it Hoffenheim from Arsenal Hoffenheim. on loan last season? Yeah, he had a phenomenal yeah. season last um, year. I think Adamola Luckman went to Red Bull Leipzig. We've had a, a, almost a surge of English British players that have gone. Did to you Germany. mention uh, Ethan Ampadu from Chelsea? Oh yes, yeah, he went to Leipzig. Went to yeah. So he's obviously Welsh, uh, but obviously British again. So Jason Sanchez has set that benchmark, been successful, and and it's let other youngsters like himself and other like age player bracket players have gone to Germany and thought, you know what, Jaden's doing it, so why can't we do it? So yeah, for yeah. me, he's definitely generational, and for me, I reckon him and Mbappe. And I'm not. I mean, Kai Havertz was the one that we were just about. He's the debatable one. I think a lot of people are very opinionated about him. Uh, but in our personal I think he has got the potential there to become something special. I'm, I'm, I'm going to put my, stick my neck out there and I'm going to say Kai Havertz goes further than Jadon Sancho. Really? Yeah, I would say that. Yeah, I would say that. <sighs> it's, it's That's my for me, watching Jadon Sancho, the way he plays, he has no fear at no, he all. Like, no, he the way some players is embarrassing uh, defenders. Yeah. Like He has no fear going up to defenders. Like, even his England debut, which is probably nerve-wracking as hell, he just walking and he was doing step overs in front of him. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, yeah. there's an arrogance about him. And I think that is why, to me, he's he can push Mbappe, I think. I really think he can. He's got to take that move. Uh, obviously, the links this season with him being linked to United. I don't think that's the correct yeah. move, going to United. But he won't go to United. I don't see that happening. It, that's that a whole massive... I know there's massive, strong links happening. This season. I just don't think that's there the is, right move. Yeah. As much as I was, Could he go back to City? I don't know. I don't think it was a very hated relationship with City, but could he go back there? No, I th- I personally see either Spain or maybe Chelsea. United, again, it is a possibility because they've got the money and they can throw the money at him. Um, and obviously, if they can tell him that they can build around him, then it's possible. Yeah, It'll yeah. be interesting to see who he, who he goes to. I don't think he'll be at Dortmund for many more years. Um, I think one more season, one I think. Yeah, potentially one more season, yeah. And then we'll, we'll just move on to the, is the term generational overused? This is an interesting one. I'll I just have to touch on it just before we obviously go into it. Is that this is our opinions on... I've, I've, I've actually managed to pick up three players. My third one was a bit controversial and, I, and we'll get to that. And I think, Charles, you managed to pick up two. Yeah. Now, this is players that we think that the term, like they say, is generational, is overused. And these are players that are a little bit overhyped 
And for me, I'm not 100% sure if they're going to be the next, like, incredible thing. That's our opinion. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, hopefully they prove us wrong. And hopefully they do become successful. Um, but this, like, Ryan, this, thus, thus far now, our opinions on what we think right now, they're a little bit overrated and probably overhyped. So, Charles, do you want to start, start on your yeah, first course. overhyped player, you think? Well, of course, like I said there, obviously, this isn't slating any player. I think these players no. here do have potential and are very good at what they're doing. But to me, the term generational should not be thrown about for fun. It should be for players who we're seeing coming up every season, pushing the performance. So my first player, a uh, bit controversial probably, especially from the team I support, Arsenal, Matteo Ganduzzi. A very interesting one. I think watching him play that first season, obviously he was always going to be special because when we first signed him, he was meant to go straight out on loan. But he impressed that right, much within trading. Mm. They decide not to loan him. And don't get me wrong. Watching him play, he has shown a lot of promise. But at times watching him, he has still got so much to learn to be classed as a world-class talent. Some games he just goes in his so right. He's so hot-headed. He literally just wants to start a fight on every single player I think I've seen him play with. He does. Yeah, like that, yeah. He's got to control that emotion. He's too much like Granite Xhaka. And I think... That shows it is within Granite Shaka. Oh, he just jumps oh, in God. to every challenge, etc., <laughs> and just wants to kill everyone. Not a bad thing. Good to have aggression, but he needs to hone it in. And I think I was—I spe- think I was speaking to my dad about this before. I was saying, when you watch Ganduzi play, what is he actually technically good at? He isn't the best passer with the ball. He's not the best tackler with the ball. He's not the best dribbler with the ball, and he doesn't have the best read in the game. So, what would you actually mm. say? He's good at. Right. Gwendozi is a player who I actually quite like. Um, again, you're, I'm probably going to agree with you and say, is he really good at one thing? Probably no. When I've watched Arsenal, and obviously you've watched him more, and obviously being an Arsenal fan, you'll know him more than me. So, um, obviously on that. But what I would say is that I like when he picks up the ball. And if you see the way he, he glides almost a little bit, takes one or two players on. And then it's a bit like he opens himself up a bit and looks for the pass out wide. He hasn't got that glide, take, get the ball, take on a couple of players and bang, 25 yards and it's a screamer. He hasn't got that. But I, there is, there's something about it. There's obviously a rawness and obviously he's so young. Yeah. yeah. Um, I do quite like him. But you're oh, right, no, no, wrong. Is I do like him. And I think he could become yeah. a very good player for us. But uh, within the Arsenal fan base, he's hyped up to become the next best thing. And yeah, I don't he's think like generational. Yeah, not. No, they're literally. Not. Oh my god! This, but we've seen this before. Like Francis Coquelin, when he come back from Shelton, everyone hyped him up to mm-hmm. become the next best thing. So yeah, and then I see he's not. I mean, I think he's that. Where is he now? Is he in Sevilla? I think uh, Coquelin. I think so. Oh, yeah, Valencia. Oh, Valencia. Valencia. Yes, Valencia. Well, but don't, don't get me wrong. It, I think he has the potential, but he's just not at the moment that generational player that everyone makes mm. him out to be. For me. Yeah, well, fair enough. I'll start on my first one there then. Um, and another, well, I think all three of mine are quite controversial, and some viewers and listeners might not like them. Yeah, yeah. But like I said, there are opinions on us. And my first one is Matthias Delict. Now, Delict is obviously, is he 21 now? I think he's 21 yeah. or 20. So still very young. And obviously, he was very successful with Ajax. You know, you know I think was he, he was part of the squad that near to the Champions League final, wasn't he? Yeah, he was the captain of Ajax. Yeah. There you go. So he was a captain at Ajax at such a young age. He's got leadership qualities. However, he's obviously made a massive mega move to Juventus. 
um, and he has massively struggled. If you watch, he's he's played enough this season, and he's been subbed off or he be, or even not started or dropped. I know he's young, and obviously Juventus is a massive club. Um, was that a move too soon for him, or is he a bit overhyped? I mean, like I said, Benatia and Chiellini um, obviously have played it a lot. He has, and I've seen he's made some really schoolboy errors, which I've not seen him make at Ajax. Obviously, in Ajax, he was the main man. He was a leader. He was a captain. And at Juventus, I mean, you know, you've got Cristiano Ronaldo. You've got some big egos there. Um, so hopefully, I do hope he becomes brilliant because I do, I did quite enjoy him at Ajax. But is he generational? Which obviously last year, let's be honest, I think even myself and everyone, we were thinking this Matthias De Ligt. I think there was about 20 clubs that were desperate for him. United being one of them who were so desperate for him. Um, and offering 250000 a week or something. And everyone was saying, yeah, he's something. And at Juventus now, let's be honest with me, if you said to me, give me the top five centre-backs in the world, I wouldn't put him in my top five centre-backs in the world. So oh. for me, a little bit controversial. He is young. I do hope he becomes really good. But is he generational? Is he a little bit overhyped? I would say yes. I agree in a certain aspect. I think the problem with the move to Juventus isn't his age at Mino Raiola. Well, if it is, that's a problem in itself. So this is where it is. I think this is the problem. I think his move to Juventus was down to his agent as well. It's the wrong move for him. He's gone to Italy, which is renowned for defence defenders. The Italians are some of the best defenders in history. And I think that side, I can understand the move. But you're going to a club that's already got Chiellini, like you said, Benascia. They're not short centre-backs. They're big names. And I think that's the problem. He's so used to being the main man at Ajax, that's what made him, he had that confidence. So I think him going there, it's him. I still think he's got the talent, the bag's talent. There's no denying that. I think, I I, I don't know if, personally, is is Maurizio Sarri is still the coach at Juventus, isn't he? Yes, he is. Is he the right man for coaching? Sarri is known for wanting to play quick football. And obviously, it yeah. didn't work at Chelsea, etc. Jorginho was his man at Napoli. He, there's no denying that he had at Napoli, but I don't think he's the right man to nurture a talent like De Ligt. Mm. I don't know yeah, who going to United a, with Solskjaer I, I would have been yeah. correct. But no. he should have. I think he should have made the move that Frankie De Jong did and gone to Barcelona. Yeah, he'd have his pal Frankie there. He would have he'd had his pal. I think that's so key is them two get on so well together. But also, I think it's Barcelona... So well, yeah is known for nurturing talent. They've produced some yeah. of the best footballers of all time. And I think with someone like right. that under his wing, could have helped them there. Yeah, and he had Gerard Piquet next to him, who's obviously an exceptional defender. And I think he probably did make the wrong decision. I think Barcelona were heavily linked. Um, but yeah, hopefully he proves us all wrong and hopefully he will become special. Um, I really think he will. I really think he will. I hope so. On to my second one. This is a player that mm-hmm. has won the Golden Boy Award before. Uh, okay. And I think a lot of people remember him from his time at Swansea City. Renato right, Sanchez. Okay. This? Ah, this is a player I had a, I touched on. <laughs> uh, it's an interesting one. A lot of people big this boy up to become the next best thing. And I do like watching Portuguese football as well. I go on holiday a lot and I follow it. And Benfica is the sort of team I like watching. So when this kid mm-hmm. was around, he was phenomenal in the midfield. And obviously he then made that Big money move to buy Munich. To buy, buy Munich. Yeah. yeah, and then obviously 
Portugal went on. Was it? I think it was in the Euro squad. He won. I think the Young Player of the Year in the Euros won the Golden Boy Award, which is the best award you can win as a youngster. And then it all really went downhill massively quickly from there at Bayern Munich. Yeah. Um. Mm. And then obviously he decided to make the move to Swansea City to try and get going again, and then passed it to the sign board when the player went past on the advertisement. Thinking of the player. Uh, yeah, that was absolutely terrible. That, that was at his lows, but now he's gone to Lille. And if you watch a bit of French football, he's looked amazing again. So I think he's a player. Oh, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. He's a player coming back. And this is why I think, in the opinion, a lot of people put disrespect on his name. I still think he's got the chance to become one of their best players because you can't take away mm. what he's got. You don't win the Golden Boy Award by chance. Mm. So I don't yeah. think he's a generational yeah. player. Yeah, but he's got yeah. that talent now, I think. I think, again, I'm going to agree with you. I think there was that massive hype and he hasn't quite, he didn't quite kick off. However, it's a tough one because, again, like you say, he's gone to Lille in the French, in the French division and he's been, he's been really good. I've watched him play for Lille and he's, he's really, really performed. Um, I, I really like him from most of you. Um, but, yeah, was he, is he generational? Is he overhyped a little bit? He probably a little bit was overhyped. Again, another player that I, I hope does really well. I think if he, the look of him, the persona, you know, the dreadlocks. Yeah, he, he's yeah. got the, the look of a player that could be really good. And he just needs to that hype along with it. He just needs to now hopefully crack on a Lille, start performing and becoming maybe their main man, and then potentially becoming that player that we all thought he could be. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, potentially that's a decent one. Um, I've just got a couple. I've got two. So, obviously, there were your two. You only had two. Yeah, I only had two. I could get, yeah. Yes, yeah, so I've got a couple more. Um, so two more. I'll just touch on them and obviously we'll, we'll both discuss this and we'll wrap it up. Uh, Phil Foden. Phil Foden is my one. That's um, a big he's one. Only... Yeah, um, um, like I said, there are maybe listeners out there who probably won't. In fact, my next one might get even more controversy when I say that. <laughs> um, yeah, so he's still only 19. But Pep has come out and said in many press conferences, oh, he's the best young player that I've ever coached. You know, I've, uh, he's got so much talent. But then the next week they'll play our way to Burton Albion in the cup and he won't play. Or he won't start him or he'll put him on the bench. He I know Man City have a team full of star studded players, Bernardo Silva, David Silva, Kevin De Bruyne, Leroy Sanes, Raheem Sterling, Riyad Mahrez. He's got a lot of competition. But if you're that good, you should be he should he should have taken it upon himself, said to the boss, Look, uh, Pep, I wanna go out alone, send me out to someone like, I don't know, Leicester or someone in the Premier League. Let me perform there and I'll prove to you that you need me in your 11. Or, if he's that good, then at 19, I've seen many big players that can start for their teams at 19. And I think you can agree with that, he can. I watch him play, he's got raw talent, he's got technical ability. But the hype of him and the generational, like, is he generational? For me, no. And for me, he needs to get out of Man City quickly. And this is not me criticising him, but he's only 19, like I say, and you know, got turning 20, 20 soon. Either leave City and get a permanent move to another club, like maybe a slightly less. He can come to Arsenal if he wants. You can ask him. Do you want to give him a ring? (laughs) (laughs) Like I said, there, I think. Yeah. Phil Foden is a very interesting player, and I love watching him. I went to England under 21 game, uh, what is it, MK Dons? All right, okay. I literally pinpoint and watched him for the game and his movement. Watching the way he played, this was the game with Hudson Odoi was in it as well. Um, All right. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm a, yeah. Um, and just watching them two play alone, 
you could see the class above them at under 21 level. But Phil Foden, when he has played for City, there's no denying how good he has been. I think he was the man of the match yeah. in, yeah. was it the Carling Cup final recently? Whatever the name, Carabao Cup, it's name now. Oh, yeah, in fact, yeah, fair enough. He did play that game and, yeah. He, he was the man of the match. When he yeah. does play, he's phenomenal. And I think, like, Pep's come out. Pep, don't just throw them terms around lightly. I think, no, that's what I'm saying. No. And obviously, Pep's coached players like Messi and that when they were younger. So that's a big, big remark to come out and say he's the best young player he's ever coached. Um, So I think for me, I, yeah. watching Foden, I think he's a big man. Like I said, I do agree. He needs to get out of sea. Unless they've been waiting for David Silva to leave, which is happening at the end of the season. He's now going to step up. I can understand if they've let him play understudy to Silva for so long to learn. But they've yeah. got to give him that well, then, if, if that's what they I was gonna say if that's if that's the case, then when David Silva goes, then he they can't go out and buy a player for forty fifty million. No, no. They've got to give him that position. Like Pep said, promised and hyped him up. Then fair enough, give him that role next. Um, but like I say, he's a player that I don't think is generational, and I think the hype around him is ridiculous. I hope he becomes brilliant. He's I English, think the problem you know, is that's what I mean. He's English. That's where the hype is. Any player that's English yeah. and plays five ten good games, then. Mm. That is, like one player I did debate was Sean Longstaff from Newcastle United. Sean or Matty? Sean. Sean Longstaff. The younger one. Yeah, yeah no, it's Matty the younger yeah. one, isn't he? Well, Sean Longstaff Matty. has been linked with a move to Man United for 50 million. Oh, that was Matty, Charles. I think that was Matty, ah, the older one. Right. Well, he's still, well, he's still 21, though. But yeah. He put 50 million. Yeah, ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Right. Because he's English. Yes, and that's the that's, thing. That's is premium, yeah. That's what my point is. Don't get me wrong, but I think Foden does have the potential. I'm putting my head mm. out there. I think he could become a very, very key player for England in the future. I'm going to put my head out there and say I don't think he's going to become that good. But that's fair enough. I mean, it's opinion. At the end of the day, we sat here. We're going to give our opinions on it. And I just want to touch on one more player before we wrap up. Um, and that is Gabriel Martinelli. Now, right, <laughs> right, I, I, I kind of paused there for a minute because I expected a reaction. I thought, right, what's he going to say now? Right, um, this is, now, the only reason I say Martinelli, now I sat there for five minutes, or maybe longer than that, and I, you, you only came up with two, and I was going to stick with two. The only reason is Arsenal Twitter is the most prominent Twitter and most active Twitter there is, out of the clubs, I'm saying. As in, as in, I mean, as a fan base, Arsenal Twitter, you know, bless them, well, if you wanted to probably run. In England, them. yes. The German ones are yeah. 10 times better than ours. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, in terms of fan base on Twitter, it's you lot. Yeah. And what I see a lot is, is Martinelli vs Greenwood. Martinelli vs Greenwood. Uh, who's better? Greenwood. And when it's Greenwood plays a good, good, good game, Man United fans are straight on to Martinelli. If Martinelli plays a good game, Arsenal fans are straight on Greenwood. I think we shouldn't, they're both young. Don't let them, don't let them you know, have that rivalry already. Martinelli, he scored two goals at Anfield in the Carabao Cup, and I thought he was really good. He's got 14 goals. Didn't Klopp come out and say he's going to be a player of the century? I, I, if he said that, that's if I, if he said that, then I'll just be quiet now. <laughs> I'm pretty there. sure Jurgen Klopp come out and said <laughs> he'll be player of the century. Yeah, well, he might have all done that, but what, I, I, I'll be honest with you. Obviously, he's he's only his first season now, and his first proper season. The way Arsenal Twitter go on about he's generational. I see a really high, he can go really far. But let's not say generational, and it's going to be incredible right now. He's only played 26 games. Yes, he's got 14 goals and assists. But 
right now, let the guy develop, let him start playing regularly for Arsenal, let Aubameyang leave Arsenal and let him come straight into your club. I mean, let him come straight into the starting eleven and start a lot of games off the left or up front. Um, and even, you know, you see a little skill or a little turn or a little flick and Arsenal Twitter, you know, got like 50,000 retweets and likes. You know, I, I'm, I'm not exaggerating. I'm sat there thinking, for God's sake, I've seen um, Jay Spearing do this every week. So come on, you know, I don't want to lie. And no disrespect to Jay Spearing. I don't know if Jay Spearing will ever listen to this podcast. No disrespect at all. But let's not go ridiculous and let's not go mental yet. I hope it becomes brilliant because I like he's a Brazilian and I love Brazilian footballers. Um, but after 26 games, let's steady ourselves um, and let him develop himself. Let Mason Greenwood develop himself. And I hope they both become very good. I mean, Greenwood mainly so because he's English. And I'd love to see him do very well, especially for England as well. Um, but like I said, we could probably go on and talk for another hour. And it's already been, you know, kind of 45 <laughs> minutes now. But, yeah, yeah. But yeah. I'll like touch said, on Martinelli quickly for you. I'll round it up. OK. Yeah, I right. I agree uh, yeah. in certain aspects. I do. OK, that's good. You agree. That's good. Look, I love him. I think he's got so much talent, like you're saying there. And yeah. like you're saying, Arsenal Twitter, it's it's always... Did you not see it the other day? The funny thing was, at this time last year, you got your account was posting, I think it was the Istanbul victory. Chelsea were posting winning the Champions League. United were talking about winning Champions League. And then there's us. Well, I think it was a Xhaka boom goal. Right, that sums up that sums our Twitter up, right? That's your fan base, yeah, yeah. That sums up Twitter, right? But Martinelli, I think, has got so much potential. No denying that. Yeah, I yeah. didn't even expect yeah. him to come in and do what he's done this season. He was a bit of a nobody, but a lot of rumours were he was massively rated in Brazil before we made the signing for him. And I think Adu personally flew all the way out to Brazil to sit down and talk with him because he wanted him that much. So I think he's a big player for the future. And like I said, I think Klopp's raved about him. I don't know if that's because he scored two against you at Anfield, but yeah, well, he was well. It was he played really well that game. Like you said, I don't think he's a generational player yet. Let him continue mm. proving. I would love to see him become that's a it. massive name, and we can build around him. I think we've got players for the future: Martinelli, Saka, Willock, Smith Rowe. We've got a lot of good young players coming yeah. through, so I'd yeah. like to build around him. Yeah. But like I did say, yeah. I think we'll wrap this one up for today because we could go on for a lot longer, but. I think next week's episode is staying with football. We've got an idea which is probably going to be failed talents, as such, like we talked about Boyan. We can link this in, and it's another nice opinionated podcast, like you're saying, because I think we can debate this for a lot longer. But for today, yeah, I I do expect, um, I do also expect, I just just touched the last thing before we wrap up, Charles. Yeah, I do expect a few Arsenal fans to DM me. watch listen to this so i do expect uh, maybe hate or something towards me i'm i'm ready for it um but like i say i do hope he does become really good so I'm, i am saying i do like him i hope he becomes brilliant but charles yeah like we said next week will be another football one and i'll just let you wrap up on that then of course i think football's our very most comfortable subject we're so opinionated and we enjoy doing them so if you guys do enjoy us let us know uh follow us on our socials i've got a post on our instagram which is official acsc facebook's the acsc podcast Twitter, I think is ACE, ACSE official underscore. They're our main socials. Hit yeah. us up on there. Any questions? We have a website, which is www.acsepodcast.com. That's where you can find any information about the podcasts, where to follow it on Spotify, mm-hmm. Apple Podcasts. Yeah. We're on iHeartRadio as well, as of last night. Uh, so, oh, okay. Okay. Brilliant. Follow us on all of them. I hope you listen. And for this week, thank you very much, guys, and see you next week. <laughs>